You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. Who's ready for the word tonight? Okay. Well, I hope you're ready. I hope you didn't just come because there's free dominoes, even though that's a good perk. But come on, if you're here tonight and you're not here just for the free pizza and you're here for the word of God, make some noise with me. Make some noise. Okay. Well, the good news is I'm, I'm glad you're here. Guess what? God's here too. God wants to grow you. God wants to speak to you. He's in this room. And so I want to encourage you to do what you need to do. Whatever you think you need to do to lean in with me, to do this thing with me, to not just listen to me, but to cooperate and and lean in because I think God has something really important for you. If you want to take notes, we're going to be starting off in a a very familiar passage of scripture. We've been reading this, kind of going back to this a lot, and that's Matthew chapter 6. And when I read it, you're going to recognize it. It's Jesus talking about prayer And the reason why I start here is because we are currently continuing a series on prayer called Mind the Gap. Mind the Gap. Has has anybody been enjoying this series so far? This has been one of those series that like I'm preaching it to you guys, but it's preaching right at me just as much as I'm sure it's preaching to you. Like I have been very challenged and encouraged by this series and, and my prayer is that you have too. But the reason why we call this series Mind the Gap, you're probably like, what does that mean? We don't say that phrase a whole lot here. Well, that's because that's something that over in Europe, at this thing called the London Underground, which is the subway system in London, if you ever go there, you know, because, you know, people just go to London every now and then. So if you ever find yourself in London and you're riding on the tube, which is the London Underground system, you're going to hear this phrase a lot, Mind the Gap. Look to your neighbor, say it in a British accent, say, Mind the Gap mind the gap. You are, if you ever go to London, you're going to hear this a lot. Why are you going to hear this phrase a lot? Well, that's because when that train shows up and the doors open, you're going to be standing on a platform and there's a train that you want to get on, right? You want to get on this train because it's going to take you to the destination you're trying to go. But when the doors open, there is a, what is it? There's a gap. Now, it's not like a massive gap. It's not like the Grand Canyon. you got to, like, fly over it. It's a tiny little gap. But it's a gap that's just big enough. You hear me? It's just big enough to where if if you didn't pay attention, you could trip. You could stick your foot in that gap. Ultimately, you might miss the train. You might not get where you are wanting to go. In the same way, as believers, Peter tells us there is a gap in our life. And we've got to look at that gap. We've got to see it and respond to it accordingly. What is, what is the right response for us as believers? Well, look at 1 Peter 4, 7 says this. This is our power verse for the series. That's right. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of what? Prayer. Prayer. So the reality that we're talking about in this series is we all face gaps in our life. All of us have gaps in our life, gaps between where we are currently and where we want to be, gaps between where we are currently and where God wants us to be. We, we experience gaps in our maturity. Hello. We experience gaps in our health. We experience gaps in the culture that we find ourselves in. But the reality is, according to Peter, when we see a gap in our life, 
where there's a gap we've got to cover, we've got to jump over. The only way that we are called to respond first is through what? Prayer. Prayer. We're called to pray. We're called to be people of prayer. So this is what we're talking about in this series. And in week one, we've been in this series for two weeks now, we talked about what prayer is. Last week, we spent some time talking about seeking God, praying for this thing called what? Can somebody help me? Revival. That's right. Somebody was paying attention. Seeking God for revival. And tonight, we're going to be looking at a different aspect of prayer. We're going to be flipping it around, shifting gears, and I'm very excited about it. So let's jump into this. Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 7. You're gonna, this is going to ring a bell right when I read it. You've heard this before. And when you pray. Somebody say, when I pray. When you pray. Do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. I want to read this again, but I'm going to read it in the message. Who likes reading the message translation? That's a fun translation. It kind of says things in a really cool way. I love the way it says this. Look at this. The world, this is so bad. You all ain't ready for this. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. Woo! They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with. And he knows better than you what you need. That's some good stuff. Amen. With a, God, with a God like this loving you, you can pray very simple. I love that. That is so good. Tonight, we're shifting gears. We're talking about what I think personally, I'm talking about me, what I think is one of the hardest aspects of prayer. I think it's probably hard for you too. What I want to talk about tonight is not the talking part, but the listening part. I wanna talk about hearing God tonight. Is that okay with you? Yeah. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The message is this, learning to listen. Learning to listen. Let's pray real quick before we get into this word. Father, I thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for every heart in this room. I thank you for every student, every mind, every life. And I love that passage we just read. We serve a really good Father. Anything we came in with tonight that's a need or a gap, you already know. You already know. And so right now, God, we take some time to silence our hearts because we live in a very busy and loud and distracting world. But we serve a really good Father who wants to not just hear our prayers, but talk to us. And so help us to be a student ministry that learns how to listen. Help us learn how to listen tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right. So Jesus, he tells us in Matthew chapter 6 to not heap up empty phrases. There are other translations. When you read it, it'll say this. Don't babble. Somebody say, don't babble. It says, don't babble. Okay. I'm going to ask a question. This is a rhetorical question. Does everybody know what rhetorical means? That means you don't answer it, right? Okay. So I'm going to ask it. Don't answer it out loud. Don't look at somebody who you know this is talking about, okay? I know you're going to want to, but don't do it. Do you know somebody who babbles? Don't you look at that person. I know there's a person in this room, and you're like trying so hard not to look at them. 
Come on, raise your hand. Do you know a person who babbles on? Okay, y'all don't need to be throwing shade at that person right now. Come on, we all know these people. We're talking about those people who, uh, if there's any empty space, it's like they have this superpower of just filling it with words. You know what I'm talking about? Like this type of person, this is what they do. This is what they do. And we've all been here, so let me just let you know. But this, this is what they do. You're, you're talking to them, maybe you're being real with them. Like you're giving them your heart. You're being vulnerable. Like you're, you're getting real. And you're talking to them, and you can see in their eyes that they are getting ready to say, they're thinking about the next thing that they're gonna say when you stop talking. Has that, has that ever happened to you before? You can see it in their eyes. They're not even listening to you. They're just like, okay, are you almost done? You're done? Do you know that person? My wife, Haley, my beautiful, amazing, sweet, gracious wife, Haley, has let me know that I am this person. <laughs> y'all, thought I was about, y'all thought I was about to throw Haley under the bus. No, I'm throwing me under the bus, okay? Uh, but I'm also, I'm probably gonna throw every husband in the room. I know we got some husbands in the room. Uh, future husbands, where are all the dudes at in this room? Raise your hand if you're a dude. Okay. If you're a dude in the room, I'm probably throwing you under the bus too. Maybe not everybody, but hear me. Haley has let me know that I, very lovingly, but she's let me know that I do this. Sometimes we'll be in a conversation and she's talking to me about her feelings, okay? (laughs) Feelings are great. She's, She's sharing her heart. Maybe, maybe the problem, maybe there's a problem and it's just something going on with school or work or maybe the problem is me. And we're having a conversation. There's a gap. And the entire time she's talking, I'm hearing words coming out of her mouth, but I'm not necessarily listening, okay? This is, I think this is kind of a guy problem. So what happens is she's done talking and almost 99% of men will do this, but She'll stop talking about the issue, and the second she's done, I'm like, okay, cool. Now that you're done talking about the issue, let's start fixing it. Who's like that? This is how I am. And so, and so Haley stops talking about her feelings, and I just start doing what? Babbling. Somebody say babbling. I start babbling. I start talking about how we can fix this and how there's all these solutions that we can just do to make it all better. And then Haley... She very graciously said, hey, hey, you're not listening to me. Hey, I didn't tell you this in order for you to fix it. I just want you to, I just want you to, have you ever done that before with somebody? Have you ever had that conversation maybe with like a friend or a parent where you're talking to your parents and you're like, hey, I just want to tell you this and I don't want you to solve it. I just want you to hear me. Have you ever been there before? Yeah, I just want you to hear my heart. I just want to be seen. I think we've all been there before. You know, when I was going to school, I mentioned this last week, I went to school for biblical counseling. And the main thing that we learned as biblical counselors, the main thing we talked about every single semester was learning how to listen. Learning how to listen. And I love counseling. I think counseling is a great tool for people. I I went to school for it, so I believe in it. But if you actually go to counseling, what you don't realize is that person's main objective in that meeting is just to listen to you. Why? Because we live in a world where we can know people, we can have relationships, we can have tons of people following us, 
on social media, tons of friends, have conversations all week long, but never actually be heard. Right? You can have conversations all week long, but never have actually somebody look you in the eyes intentionally and listen to you. Are you hearing me? And this is because we struggle, every person struggles with this thing called listening. We all struggle with this thing called listening. Now, I want to go back to week one in the series. We opened up week one talking about what prayer is, and we gave a very simple definition of what prayer is. And I want to, I want to read it to you again. It says this, prayer is conversing. It's communicating with God. So listen, prayer is not communicating to God. Prayer is communicating with God. Somebody say with. And I love this definition because it's so simple that if you just change one word in this definition, it completely changes the way we view and operate in prayer. Because if you just change that one word from with to to, then prayer is just you talking to God. It's just you babbling on and talking and filling empty space with your words. But that's not what, the, that's not what prayer is. What is prayer? Prayer is talking Prayer is talking with God. That's right. I'm just making sure anybody's paying attention in the house tonight. So prayer is talking with God. If you're taking notes, write this down. Prayer goes both ways. Prayer goes both ways. That means when I'm telling you in this series to spend more time in prayer, what I'm not saying is talk more. I'm not saying go find your secret place and just start talking more. No, no, no. That's not what prayer is. Sometimes prayer looks like waiting. Sometimes prayer looks like complete silence. Sometimes prayer looks like going on a walk. Are you hearing me? This is what prayer is because prayer goes both ways. And as I was writing this message and meditating on this truth about what prayer is, man, I was getting so convicted because I was like, how many times have I been in a time of prayer, and I'm talking to God, and I'm just being honest, I'm just babbling, just giving God my list, and then I leave, I go on with my day. How many times have I left God feeling like Haley does with me sometimes? And God is saying, hey, can, I, can you just hear me? Can you just hear me? I just want to talk to you. I love all the things you're telling me, but, but can I tell you my thoughts about the gap that you just told me about? Are you following me? Wow. Yeah. This is what prayer is. And New Song students, if we are going to be a people of prayer, if we're going to be a church, a student ministry built on prayer, which is what we're doing here, if we're going to be people practicing the way of Jesus, that's the vision of our church this year, then we have to be people who can learn how to listen. Learning how to listen. And I think when we look at the life of Jesus, this was his secret power in prayer. Pastor Josh talked about this this last weekend. You know, when you look at the life of Jesus, it seems like no matter what was thrown at him, he knew what to do, right? Yeah. It's like no matter what gap showed, his, showed its face in front of Jesus's face, whether that gap was like a person's problem or maybe that gap was like Satan tempting him, no matter what happened, what thrown, what, whatever was thrown at Jesus, it's like he always knew what to do. And what do we do? Well, we look at Jesus and we're like, well, yeah, duh. He's Jesus. He's God. That's kind of not fair. He's got an advantage. He's the son of God. Have you ever thought that before? 
But remember, we just learned about this. Jesus was fully God and what? Fully man. So that means when he was here on this earth for a time, he set aside his divinity, his godness, like what made him like all powerful. He set some of those things aside. So, and this makes sense because why would Jesus ever need to pray if he was knowing everything in the moment? Why would Jesus waste his time in prayer getting up early if he already knew what was going to happen? I don't think it's just because he was modeling. I mean, he was being an example for us, but he wasn't just praying to be a good example for us. Jesus prayed because he needed prayer. Jesus prayed because he needed prayer. Jesus was confronted with gaps in his life, gaps of problems and issues and decisions that need to be made. And when he saw a gap, he didn't just go to God and start talking and babbling. You know what Jesus did? He listened. He listened to God and he said, God, what do you want me to do? And then he waited for God to tell him. Look, we see this in John 5. The Pharisees are all butthurt about Jesus healing a guy on the Sabbath. <laughs> and this happened a lot. They're all mad. They're like, Jesus, why you be healing people on the Sabbath? You know you can't do that, right? And this is what Jesus tells them. He says, I'm telling you this straight. The son can't independently do a thing, only what he sees the father doing. What the father does, the son does. The father loves the son and includes him in everything he's doing. So Jesus did what he saw his father do. He did what his father told him to do. Why? Because he listened to his father. This is because Jesus knew this important truth about prayer that we need to learn tonight. In prayer, God talks too. God talks too. Prayer is not just you and I carving out time out of our schedule to talk more, to give God our big list of fixes and then leaving. Prayer is an amazing tool because the God of the universe wants to talk to you. The God of the universe who created all things wants to talk to you and help you and he has created you to hear him. You know, sometimes we think, well, I don't know how to hear God. Hearing God is hard. I want you to know tonight, you were literally created by God to hear him. You're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. You were created to hear God because look at what Jesus says in John 10. He says, my sheep do what? Let's try that again. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I love this because Jesus says, you following me is not about you doing things. It's about you hearing my voice. That's pretty good, right? Like following Jesus is not connected to the things you do. It's connected to the voice that you hear, right? And look at this, Psalm 32. This is how good our God is. He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Now, this is all good news. This is all great and dandy. And you're probably like, wow, this is great, Pastor Jackson. There's a God of the universe, and he loves me, and he wants to talk to me, and I'm, I'm made in his image, and I'm, I've been given the ability to hear God. That's great, but I don't hear God. Or you're like, how in the world do I hear God? Have you ever been there before? Yeah. Be honest. Have you ever been there before? Yeah. I've been there. 
In fact, I grew up not being able to answer this question about how to hear God. And because I didn't know how to answer that question, I started believing a lie that I can't hear God. But when I look back on my life, what I recognize is I actually heard God all of the time. I just didn't know that was God talking to me. And here's the problem that I think every single one of us face in our life. We don't have a hearing problem when it comes to God. We have a discerning problem. What does discerning mean? Discerning means deciphering. It means knowing, right? We don't have a hearing problem with God. I think you hear God way more than you realize. You don't have a hearing problem. You have a discerning problem, or you might have a discerning problem. And so I'm here tonight to tell you, you can hear from God. Does that get anybody excited tonight, or is that just me? You can hear from God, and you probably hear God way more than you think. So how do we discern? That's the question we've got to ask tonight. How do we discern? I love this um, this passage, I was thinking about this this week, this passage of the disciples, they're in a similar boat with you and me. Literally, they're in a boat. And it's in the middle of a storm, and Jesus is so bad, he shows up walking on the water. You guys know this story? Look at this. It says, in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea like a G. But when the disciples saw him on the sea, they were terrified. They freaked out, and they said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Don't be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come out to the water. Now, Peter and the disciples in this moment, listen to me, they didn't have a hearing problem. Peter wasn't like, yo, could you say that louder? It's kind of loud out here. They heard him, right? Peter, didn't, Peter and the disciples, they heard Jesus. It wasn't a hearing problem. It was a discerning problem. Because Peter didn't look to Jesus and say, could you say that louder? He said, is it really you? Was that God talking to me? Or is that a ghost? Right? And this is where we find ourselves today. When God talks to us, we're not saying, sometimes we are, but we're not supposed to say, could you speak louder? What we need to say is, God, was that you? Because there are four voices that are always talking to us. Just four. This would be really helpful for you to write down if you're taking notes. Four voices. You've got my voice. Not Jackson's voice. I'm talking about your voice. My voice. The enemy's voice. People's voices. And God's voice. Those are the only four voices that are always talking to you 24-7 for the rest of your life. Now, the good news is there's only four voices for you to, to decipher from. The bad news, and this is really bad news, is sometimes all of those voices sound like your thoughts. And that's really good. I hope you heard that. The hard part about this is not that there's a lot of voices that we have to discern from. The hard part is that sometimes God's voice my voice, the enemy's voice, and what people are saying all sound like my thoughts. And when we're minding gaps in our life, because we all have gaps in our life, and we are asking how to, how to overcome this gap, how to mind that gap, all four of these voices are telling you to do that gap differently. Because the enemy is telling you how to mind that gap in a way that leads you away from God. 
people's voices are telling you to do things the way everybody else is doing them. Your voice is telling you to do it the way that feels best for you in the moment. And God's voice is telling you what to do that's going to be best for you. Amen. Is this helping anybody? And so when we are learning how to mind these gaps and decipher these voices, we're really just working with four different voices, but they all sound the same. So does anybody in here tonight want to learn how to decipher these voices? Okay, good. Well, for the rest of our time tonight, I'm going to try and do this really quick because there's a lot, but hey, that's okay. This is very important for you. And I want you to lean in with me because this is a message, man, I wish I had heard when I was your age. So we're going to learn how to discern the voice of God. I got eight things for you. I'm going to power through them as fast as I can. But the first one is this, God's written word. And I'm sure if you've been coming to New Song Church or New Song Students for any amount of time, you probably knew this one was coming. But I'm sorry because the reality is there is no way around this point. The way we discern God's voice is his word. And if you're taking notes, write this down. If you want to become familiar with the voice of God in your life, you must become familiar with God's word. Because even though the Bible, God's word, that's not the only way God talks to you. Please hear me tonight. The Bible is not the only way God talks to you. But every single other way God talks to you is always going to be pointing back to the word because God's word is the foundation. And so anything God says outside of the word is always gonna be pointing back to what God has already said in his word, right? God's word is the main way that we discern how he's talking to us. And it doesn't matter how much you feel like God is telling you something. You could be like, God is telling me to do this and I feel it so strong. But if it doesn't line up with God's word, I love you, but it's not God talking to you. That's just not God talking to you. And this is, this is one of the main hurdles that I struggled jumping over when I was in high school, when I was your age. Because you know what? I loved the idea growing up of being like, God wants to talk to me. I love that. But I didn't like getting in God's word. And so because I wasn't making time to get familiar with God's word, I had a hard time hearing God's voice. Now notice, I didn't say because I didn't get in God's word, I didn't hear God's voice. I said because I didn't get in God's word, I couldn't discern his voice. Because remember, God is talking to you whether you realize it or not. You just might not know it's him. And how do you get familiar with what he sounds like? You have to get in the word. There's no way around it. I wish I could tell you otherwise, but there's no way around it. I don't care if you think the Bible is boring. I don't care if you think the Bible is too hard to read. I promise you, you can get into it and you can learn how to read it. And the more you do that, the easier it becomes. And the more you do that, guess what? The louder God's voice gets in your life. It starts with God's written word. The second thing is this, God's spirit. God's spirit speaks to you. Look at this. John 14, 16 says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Somebody say in you. Are y'all still hanging in with me? Somebody say in you. Okay, cool. John 16, 13 says, 
when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. So let's rewind a second. Remember when Jesus is leaving the disciples and he tells them, it's better that I go? You remember that? Jesus tells them, it's better that I go. Why would Jesus not being on earth be better? Like the physical Jesus. Why would that not be better? Well, because the physical Jesus on earth can only be in one place at one time. So why is the Holy Spirit better than Jesus being on earth right now? Because guess what? The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God in me. It's the Spirit of God in me. And this is so cool. Look at what Jesus says. He says, even the Holy Spirit is submitted to God's word. It said that the Spirit won't say anything that the Father isn't saying. That's how submitted to the word God is. How much more do we need to be submitted to God's word? So when we have the Holy Spirit, he speaks to you. Well, how does he speak to you? He brings you back to the word of God. He brings you back to the word of God. But that's not the only way God speaks to you through his spirit. You know, when God talks about his word in the Bible, there's two Greek words. We're about to get real teachy, y'all. Can you hang in with me? I know y'all can handle this. When it says the word word in the Bible, and it talks about God speaking, it uses two Greek words. The first one is logos, and that means God's written word. But there's another word it uses. It's called rhema. Somebody say rhema. What is rhema? Rhema is the specific word of God for you. And I found this description of rhema online. I loved it. I wanted to share it with you. It says this, when you're reading the Bible on your own, you are reading logos. We're reading logos, the sayings of Jesus. But at times, you get much more than mere words. That's when like the words are jumping off the page at you. Look at this. This is when you get a rhema word. This is like the eureka for a scientist involved in an experiment or discovery. It's not that a rhema word can come to you only when you're reading the Bible. It can come to you as a revelation when you're driving. It says when you're walking in the garden. I don't know who's chilling walking around in the garden, but it can happen. (laughs) Or even while sleeping or dreaming. This is like God talking to you directly. And this is what God wants to do. This could be the word giving you direction and peace of mind. A rhema word brings joy and excitement along with it. So there's two ways the Holy, Holy Spirit speaks to us. He speaks to us by reminding us of the word. So remember, this is why it's important for us to be familiar with the word of God. Because if, if the Holy Spirit is trying to remind you of something that you don't already know, how many of you know that's a bad day? Because the Holy Spirit's trying to remind you something that you have never read before. So you've got to read the word. Because the Holy Spirit reminds you of the word. He brings you back to the word. But that's not the only way he speaks. The Holy Spirit also speaks to us. Sometimes audibly. It's never happened to me. But what he does is he speaks to you through things like impressions, promptings, leanings, feelings. It's like this feeling where it's like, I I feel like this is the Holy Spirit. Has that ever happened to anybody before? It's not God talking to you in your ear, but it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you in your spirit. He's giving you an impression. This, This actually happens all the time in the Bible. In Acts chapter 11, Peter is told by the Holy Spirit to do something. Look at this. It says, just then, 
three men showed up at the house where I was staying, sent from Caesarea to get me. This is the guys from Cornelius. The Spirit told me to go with them. No questions asked, so I went with them. This is how the Holy Spirit wants to lead you and me. Now, this wasn't the Bible telling, telling Peter to go with them. Like, Peter wasn't in his version devotional that morning, and he was reading, and in that chapter, it was like, there's going to be three random guys that come to your house today, and they're going to ask you to go with them. And he was like, man, that's really good. I'm going to circle that. And then that happened that day. That's not what happened. But God talked to him, right? It says, the Holy Spirit told me to go with them. And this was the Holy Spirit speaking to Peter and leading him with a rhema word. Now, this is what God wants to do with you and me in our life. He wants to speak to you. He wants to lead you in every area of your life. The big decisions. I know some of you guys are going to be getting ready to go to college. And choosing a college, that's a big decision. Is that a decision you would want God to lead you in? Yeah. Well, guess what? He can't. He can lead you in that. He can lead you in decisions like maybe you're about to get married and God is like, don't marry that person. <laughs> How many of you know that's something I want to hear God from? Yeah, sure. God leads us by speaking to us in the big things, but he, he speaks to us in all things. You know what all things includes? Small things. God wants to speak to you in small things. There, there was two ways recently that this happened to me, and these are tiny things, not even a big deal, but the Holy Spirit spoke to me two weeks ago. No, this was two months ago. I'm in a really good habit right now of losing my wallet, like really good habit. And two months ago, I lost my wallet and it had been like, it had been lost for three weeks at this point. And I was freaking out. And I was getting to the point where I was like, it's gone, it's gone. I started canceling cards. I started renewing license, like it was gone. And one day I'm leaving midweek prayer and I'm driving home and I'm just kind of like upset about this. And I checked, listen to me, I checked my car a thousand times, a thousand times for my wallet. But I'm driving in the car and I'm like, Holy Spirit, would you just help me find my wallet? Like, I really don't want to go to the DMV. Just please help me find my wallet. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, check your seat. And I was like, I've checked my seat. And I just felt, remember, it wasn't God talking to me in my ear, but I felt him say to me, check your seat. So I just, I reach in, you know, the abyss of your seat. I reach in and I pulled out my wallet, y'all. I was freaking out. It was amazing. This happened again, not with my wallet, but this happened again two weeks ago. I'm here, I'm here setting up for students. I'm getting the lobby speakers set up. And this was the week after camp. And I could not find the aux cord that goes from the speaker to the, to the computer. And I asked E-Man, I, I asked Jay, I called everybody. I could not find this aux cord. And I was getting sad because I was like, man, what is New Song Students without lobby music? And I was getting really sad. I was like, we're not going to have any dancing. This is going to be so lame. I was getting sad, y'all. And if it matters to me, it matters to God. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm like, man, God, where is this aux cord? And I just was like, you know what? I should ask the Holy Spirit. So I was like, Holy Spirit. Would you help? This is, it sounds like a funny prayer, but this is how much God wants to help you. I was like, Holy Spirit, can you help me find this aux cord? And I felt like I was supposed to text David Terry, our worship pastor. Now, I want you to know, I would never text David Terry about this, ever. 
because this is something David would not know. But I texted him and I was like, hey, David, you probably don't know about this, but there's an aux cord I use for New Song students every single week and I cannot find it. Do you know where it is? And he was like, bro, I'm so sorry. I, I took that with me to camp. It's over here behind the stage. And I was like, thank you, Holy Spirit. This is how good our God is. Is this cool? This is the Holy Spirit leading us and he wants to lead you, New Song students. He wants to lead you. This, the third thing that the way God speaks to us is through his wisdom. Write this down, God's wisdom. The voice of God, this is an interesting point, but I want you to really lean in with me for this one. The, the, the voice of God is sometimes hidden in the wisdom of God. Sometimes it's hidden in the wisdom of God. What do I mean by this? Well, I've heard a pastor say this before. He said, you don't always need to know the mind of God when you know the heart of God. You don't always need to know the mind of God when you know the heart of God. What does that mean? That means I don't need God to tell me specifically how to do every single little thing in my life when some of the things God wants me to do are in his wisdom. Like there are some things that as believers, we're just supposed to do, like Nike, just do it. It's in God's wisdom. Like God doesn't need to tell you to do some things. In other words, if I don't know God's word, so if I don't know God's heart, I don't know what he cares about, then sometimes we can find ourselves asking God to tell us to do something that he doesn't need to tell us to do. It's kind of like this. A couple months ago, we were in a series called Come and See, and my boy Garris was up here with me, and Garris, Garris said something amazing during that message. He said, sometimes people are waiting around to tell people about Jesus. They never talk about their faith. They never tell people about Jesus because they're waiting for God to tell them to do it. But listen to me. God doesn't need to tell you to specifically to tell people about Jesus. Yeah. It's just in God's wisdom to do that. So sometimes we sit around waiting for God to tell us to do something that he's just wanting us to do in his wisdom. It's kind of like this. God doesn't need to specifically tell you, hey, you need to tithe. God doesn't need to specifically tell you, hey, go serve that person. God doesn't need to specifically tell me when I'm going home from work, hey, Jackson, you need to serve Haley today. <laughs> like that's just in God's wisdom. And so sometimes we are sitting around waiting for God's voice when God's voice is already in his wisdom. Are you following me? This is how God talks to us. When we know what God's heart is, we know the voice of God. Number four is this, and I wanna invite the band to come up as we get ready to wrap this up. I'm gonna do these last four as quick as I can, is God's peace, the peace of God. Colossians 3.15 says this, and let the peace of Christ rule, act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your mind. So what does this mean, God's peace? Well, in your life, in my life, guess what? For the rest of your life, you're gonna have to always be making decisions. <laughs> it's really unfortunate, but that never goes away. For the rest of your life, there's gonna be decisions you gotta make that are hard. There's gonna be conversations that you have to have with people that are hard. There's gonna be things that you have to sacrifice that are hard. And sometimes the decisions you have to make aren't even like, is this good or is this bad? It's like, they're both good. Yeah. Have you ever had that before where you have a decision to make and there's not a bad decision? Yeah. 
many times in this season of our life, when there's a hard decision to make, you know how God leads us? With his peace. What does that mean? It doesn't mean God leads you to do the easiest thing. <laughs> because we're not talking about our peace, like that makes sense. We're talking about God's peace that what? Surpasses all understanding. Which means sometimes it doesn't make sense. So that means there might be a decision that God is leading you to do that makes no logical sense. It might even cause a little anxiety in you. But what God's peace does is he gifts you with this peace that just deep down inside, even if it doesn't make any sense, you know, God's got this. That's God's peace leading you. It doesn't make sense. It, it makes no sense why you would do this, but God's telling you to do it and he's leading you with his peace. I don't know how this is gonna work out, but I just know God's got me. This is God's peace. Number five is this, lower the noise. Lower the noise. You know, sometimes the issues in hearing God, it's not that we're like not in God's word. It's not that we don't have the spirit of God. Sometimes our issue is just that there's too much noise in our life. Now, I'm not saying that tonight at the end of service, you need to go home and you need to throw your PS5 in the dumpster and you need to dump your boyfriend and you need to delete all social media and become a monk. And that's how you're gonna hear God. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is sometimes our fix to hearing God is literally just putting healthy boundaries on things that are noisy in our life. I'm not saying you need to give up listening to secular music. That's not what I'm saying. But maybe you need to put some boundaries on it. Because if we would just learn to carve time out, I'm telling you, God's voice would get louder. There was a conference I was at earlier this year, and they were talking about this old famous pastor who would spend two hours a day in the presence of God every day for 40 years, two hours. So like if he came back from a trip preaching and he missed a day, he would spend four hours the next day. And somebody came up to this pastor and was like, bro, isn't that kind of like legalistic? Isn't that like legalism? Like, isn't that kind of religious for you to spend that much time with, with God every single day? And this pastor looked at this dude in the face and said, it's not legalism, it's love. I don't cut these things away religiously because you have to do that in order to hear God. I do it because I love God and I want his voice in my life. Are you following me? It's not legalism, it's love. Number six is this. Are you following me, New Song students? Last three, I'm gonna wrap these up real quick, but these are so important for you and I to learn to hear the voice of God. Number six is unmute God unmute God. Have you ever been on your laptop and you've got all these browsers open? Maybe one of those browsers is YouTube and it's like, it's playing and you're like, I don't want to hear that right now. And you mute it and it's playing in the background, but you're just doing your own thing. We do this with God when we learn patterns of disobedience with God. Listen to this. When you stop obeying, you put God on mute. When you stop obeying God, here's what you're doing. You're saying, yeah, 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 God, I like what you're saying, but like, I wanna do this instead. Mute. And God's talking to you, but you can't hear him. Why? Because you're disobeying. And how do we unmute God? It's really simple. You just repent. You just say, God, 
I'm sorry, I put you on mute. I disobeyed. You told me to do that and I didn't wanna do it, so I didn't do it. I disobeyed you and I put you on mute. And we've gotta learn how to unmute God. You know how you hear the voice of God? You obey God's voice when he tells you to do something. Number seven is this, follow the signs. This one's really simple. This is when God is just like making it very obvious to you <laughs> that he's talking to you. This is when like people are saying things that everybody is saying around you. And you're like, okay, God, I get it. This happened to me when I first moved up here. I, you guys know my story. I really struggled. I was like, man, this is hard. This is not what I expected. I don't know if I'm the guy. I, I'm telling you every single weekend at New Song, I had somebody give me a word that was like, you're the guy. God called you here, stop worrying. You know what, that was God talking to me. I just needed to follow the signs. Sometimes God uses a lot of different ways to get our attention. We just gotta follow the signs. The last one is this, sometimes God uses other people. The voice of other people. Sometimes God, God's voice is in the voice of other people. This is through like a prophetic word. This is God using somebody speaking to them and then them giving that to you. And that's all good, but I want you to know that we're not called to lean on other people's relationship with God to hear his voice. God doesn't give prophetic words so people hear God for you. He gives people prophetic words to help you hear God for yourself. There's an Old Testament story where there's this prophet Samuel. He's a young kid and he's staying at an older prophet's He's at the, the temple and he's sleeping and God is waking him up. And God is like, Samuel. Yeah. And Samuel thinks Eli is calling him. And so he goes to Eli and he's like, Eli, did you call me? And Eli's like, no, go to sleep. You're annoying me. And this happened three times. And the third time Eli looks at Samuel and he realizes, oh, this is God talking to Samuel. And he says, Samuel, go back and say, speak Lord, your servant is listening. What I love about that story is Eli didn't hear God for Samuel. He just pointed Samuel in the direction of God's voice. So God wants to use my voice. He wants to use your leader's voice, people in this church, your family. God's gonna speak to you through other people, but it's not for you to not hear his voice. It's to help you. He uses other people to speak to us. These are the eight ways that we learn to discern the voice of God. Did this help anybody tonight? Okay. Students, I, I want, I say all of this, I know this was kind of thick and weighty and deep, but I say all this because we serve a God who wants to talk to you. And sometimes hearing God's voice is hard. I'll be the first to admit it. Sometimes hearing the voice of God is hard, but you do these eight things, you practice these eight things, I promise you 100% guarantee you can have your money back if it doesn't work for you. You will hear the voice of God louder and clearer in your life. If you get in his word, if you have the spirit of God, if you know God's wisdom, if you do all of these things, you, you will hear the voice of God in your life and he will lead you and guide you in every area. Somebody say every, every area of your life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?